Welcome back to a brand new episode of Talkin' Shiz. I am your spooktacular host, CJ. Thank you for joining me on this brand new episode. And talking about joining, go ahead and join the pod page, and that is podpage.com slash talkinshiz. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter. That's at talking underscore shiz. Instagram at talking underscore shiz. I even have a TikTok, so go ahead and follow me there. For the month of October, I'm going to share with you some spooky, scary, true haunting stories, just like I did last year. I'm going to go ahead and kick this episode off with two movie reviews. And these are Halloween movies. Spoiler alert. The two movies that I will be discussing is The Monsters by Rob Zombie and Hocus Pocus 2. So if you don't want to know anything about these movies, I would recommend hitting that 15 second skip button. The first movie I'm going to talk about is The Monsters. The very first thing I will say about The Monsters, it was okay. You can tell that Rob Zombie was really trying to do comedy. And let's be honest, comedy is not really his forte, especially coming from his previous works. Rob Zombie is more of a slasher type, horror type, blood and gore type of genre. That's what he does. I I do feel like he was definitely stepping out of his comfort zone. Now, the monsters, the, the TV show was great. It was funny. He was really trying hard to not uh, to have his House of a Thousand Corpses vibe to it, you know, his previous works vibes to it. He tried. I'll give him that. To me, this movie was an origin story, and I do not know if he made up the origin story or did he take it from the TV series, but it was an origin story, it, and it wasn't a great origin story. And I will tell you this, I did not like the ending. The ending was kind of off, and if you were expecting to see their niece and Eddie, their son. These two characters are not in the movie at all. This is a story of how Lily met Herman and they fell in love and got married. And if you are expecting something like the TV series, you're going to be so disappointed. Sure, you could tear this movie apart. If you're a huge fan of the Munsters, you could point out every every mistake, everything wrong with this movie. I'm not going to do that. I'm not that huge of a fan of the monsters to go, well, he did this wrong and he did this wrong and he did that wrong. I'm not going to do that. One thing that I did notice about this movie was the camera angles. I did not like the camera angles. It was very confusing. When you see the movie, you'll see like the flashing background and you see the character right in front of it. It definitely gave me the the House of a Thousand Corpses vibes when he did that. And the, and the makeup, I do have an issue with the makeup. The makeup looked like he bought it from the clearance rack at Dollar Store. The makeup to me was all wrong. I would have went with something more softer tone instead of the bright colors that he used. If you see it, you know what I'm talking about. Lily, Lily's makeup was okay. Grandpa's makeup that they used was blue he looked like he was cold like he was frostbit like they dug him out of an iceberg and herman's makeup was like this bright dark green herman looked like he had an upset stomach like he needed some pepto-bismol because he had diarrhea or food poisoning you would just have to watch it it made me chuckle a couple of times but that's all i'm saying i would have to give it one star like i said i did not like the ending I was hoping more of the sitcom version of the Munsters and not a whole origin story. Now it's time for 
Hocus Pocus 2. First things first. If you are expecting the original trio to be in this movie, you're going to be disappointed. I was kind of excited and anticipating the original trio to come back for the sequel because I thought it would be awesome, but they're not. The movie starts off when you see a very young Winifred, Sarah, and Mary. And Winifred is running back to her sisters because the preacher is forcing her to get married to someone in the village. And she refuses... And she gets banished, but she takes her sisters with her. And they go into the forest, the dark and creepy forest. And that's when they meet another witch. And this witch helps Winifred get her powers. And they become a coven. That's how the movie starts off. Then it fast forwards to the present day. And you see this young girl. And she's into the mystic arts. And they end up going to a magic shop and the magic shop owner gives them a candle because it's becca's birthday gilbert's like here becca have a candle it's free unknowest to them (laughs) that this was a black flame candle so they go into the woods and they do their you know uh seance incantation thing whatever and it brings back the sanderson sisters now the sanderson sisters they come back and, of course, they're, they're ready to get their mayhem on. When Winifred finds out that Becca and Izzy has a friend named Cassie that is a direct bloodline from the pastor that was trying to break up the Sanderson sisters when they were younger, the movie changes and now she's out for revenge on the bloodline. And this is where... I do have a little bit of an issue with this movie. I was hoping that they would come back and they'd be trying to get revenge on the original trio who destroyed them or got rid of them in the first Hocus Pocus. Also, they did bring back Billy. And you probably saw that in the trailer, but they did bring back Billy. But they did not bring back the original trio. The Sanderson sisters are trying to get used to the new technology to the new century, 2022. Once Winifred finds out that Casey is the direct bloodline from the old mayor, old pastor of the village that they grew up in 300 years ago, Winifred decides that she is going to use this spell that she promised not to use because she wants to become so powerful that she wants to get rid of this bloodline. In the beginning of the movie, you see that she promised not to use it, and the book apparently has emotions now. And the book's like, no, you made a promise. The movie also has its shout-outs to the original Hocus Pocus. As you see in the film, Gilbert has a flashback, and he's telling the story how he was a child, and he saw three witches fly by over the full moon, and he figured it out that it was the Sanderson sisters. So he followed them to the graveyard and there's a scene where he's hiding behind a gravestone and he watches the Sanderson sisters blow up, disintegrate, got rid of, whatever you want to call it. And this is the reason why he got into magic. The Sanderson sisters go and they get their book back and they make him to be a go-getter and they put a spell on him with this hourglass and they're like, hey, When this hourglass is up, so is your life. 
And this is where Billy comes in because one of the ingredients of the spell is a, the head of an ex-lover. Gilbert, <laughs> he's helping gather all this ingredients for this spell for Winifred to be very powerful so she can get revenge on the pastor. I wish it had more comedy when it came to, to the new technology, but it was funny. It had its moments. And let me see. I don't want to give too much of the movie away because I want you guys to go see it if you haven't seen it yet. It's a really good movie. At the end of the movie, Winifred, you know, she got her powers, but there was a warning. And the warning was like, you have to sacrifice something that you love. Come to find out it was her two sisters. Becca did try to warn Winifred of the warning label on this spell, but Winifred didn't listen. Sarah and Mary, they evaporated into sparkly dust. Becca, Izzy, and Casey, they got together. They kind of formed the new coven, the new Sanderson sisters, per se. They end up helping Winifred, and then Winifred ends up changing her heart. That's what it felt like to me. Like, she had a change of heart, and she ends up being with her sister. She vanishes, and they all become sparkly dust together. If you fast-forward through the through the credits, there is an end credit scene. And the end credit scene, you'll see the cat. And at first you thought it was Binks, but it's not Binks. It's, that cat is just there and it doesn't really do anything to the story, to be honest. It's just there for show. He jumps up on a shelf and then you'll see something called BF number two. Now, I had to rewind this because I thought the BF stood for boyfriend number two. And I was thinking, I was like, wait a minute, that's weird. Why is there boyfriend number two in a box? Because the spell requested a head of an ex-lover. I rewinded it so I could look at it again. And it did say BF number two, candle. And then I was like, oh, duh, CJ, black flame candle. And there's a second candle. If they are setting this up for Hocus Pocus 3, please bring back the original trio. I would love to see them again. FYI, just as a little side note, the original Hocus Pocus was bought by Disney back in 1984, and the script was a lot darker than the one that Disney put on that we all know and love today. Since I am on the subject of Hocus Pocus 2, there is a new story out of Texas And it quotes, You unleash hell on your kids. A Central Texas mom warns parents about Hocus Pocus 2. A Central Texas mother is warning parents about Hocus Pocus 2, the sequel to the Disney favorite movie released back in 1993. She quotes, A worst case scenario is you unleash hell on your children and in your home, says Jamie. The whole movie is based on witches harvesting children for blood sacrifices. She is turning heads with a viral post on social media as she discussed her concerns about the new movie. Do not watch this film, she says. Everybody thinks it's fake and innocent, but they could be casting any type of spell that they want to. Anything could be coming through your TV screen into your home. Yeah, about that. I don't think Disney would... Put anything in their movies that's going to harm somebody. That is considered a lawsuit. I can say the same thing about Marvel movies. Oh no, it's Gamma Rays. I'm going to turn into the Hulk. Here's a thought. Don't watch it. It's a made-up movie. Don't watch it. Don't have your kids watch it. Did you not read the description of the movie? 
Have you not seen the first Hocus Pocus? It's right there. Three witches are coming back and they're after Salem. If you're that scared of it, then don't watch it. Can you not tell between fiction and nonfiction? Can you not tell your kids like, Hey kids, all this is entertainment. This is made up. It's not real. She says, I love everything to do with my house and home. I love creating a safe environment for my family and friends to come into. I believe everything starts here. Beware of what you're bringing into your homes. She believes that there is a spiritual war being waged against homes in America. Let me reiterate on my current statement. It's just a movie. You do not have to watch it. You could pick anything that's on Disney+. Plus. You can watch anything. You can just choose a movie, watch it, and you can go about your business. Like, you can watch the Mickey Mouse Club if that will make you feel more comfortable. Have you ever seen a witch put on a great song and dance in front of everybody? It's just entertainment. When Bette Midler was singing the song, I Put a Spell on You, she's not really putting a spell on you. She's just singing a song. Even in Hocus Pocus 2, she sang... One way or another, I'm going to find you. I'm going to get you, get you, get you, get you one way. It's just a song. It's just a song. It does not mean anything. Some folks just need to lighten up. You can say that about Beauty and the Beast. You can even say that about Snow White, Cinderella, uh, whatever other movies out Enchanted? I mean, come on. It's just there for entertainment. You can say that about Frozen. She has ice powers. Oh no, it's going to be brought into my house. Everything's going to be cold now. Talking about holding a grudge, a man with a 48-year-old grudge caught peeing on his ex-wife's grave every day by her kids. A man with a 48-year grudge has been going each morning to urinate on his ex-wife's grave. If he would have put that same dedication in his marriage, he probably wouldn't have gotten divorced. The children of the deceased ex-wife noticed something was wrong when they discovered bags of poop left at their mom's grave. The son said, I felt like getting out and killing him. I cannot believe I caught this man defecating on the gravesite of my mom. Murphy then said that him and his sister first noticed a plastic bag of poop at their mother's grave in April and thought it was something left by a mistake by a dog walker. But then it started happening again and again and again. The siblings called the cops and they took a report. The pair got permission from the cemetery manager to place cameras around the tree line so they can catch this vandal. When they checked the camera footage, they spotted the gross grave visitor, a man who was briefly married to their mom in the 1970s. The footage they had was too blurry to take it to authorities, so the siblings decided that they would get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, drive to the graveyard, and wait for this person. Murphy set up his smartphone on a nearby headstone to take better photos and hid behind a small shed. So Murphy said that almost every morning between 6.14 a.m. and 6.18 a.m., this man, with his current wife, gets out of the car, walks over to his mom's grave, and urinates all over her grave. While I was hiding, I was shaken. My sister was crying. I was so sick. Murphy says that he has went to the cops several times, and they will not do anything about this. Talking about not letting something go. 
Oh, well, I'm sorry. My correction. He did let it go. My bad. A 48-year grudge. This man wastes his energy to go shit in a bag, which I'm, I'm curious. How, how is he doing that? Is he, how are you picking up? Is this your own shit? I hope it's not really human, human shit because that's just nasty. How are you picking up? Are you using rubber gloves? What kind of person does that? Like, oh, you know what? I'm going to take shit and put it in a bag and, and just put it on my ex-wife's grave. Just shit on the grave if you're going to be that disrespectful. You're wasting all this time. Then you go out there every morning with your current wife and go piss on your ex-wife's grave? What are you thinking? And the, the current wife, I know the current wife cannot be okay with this. To me, it makes you look like you're still in love with her or something because you're holding this grudge for 48 years. I, I have no words for this. I really don't because this this person's wasting so much time and energy. Clearly, you moved on because you're remarried. The shocking part is that your current wife is okay with you going to your ex-wife's grave and just using the restroom on it. I, I'm trying to wrap my head around that. How is she cool with that? Is that how you start your morning? Hey, honey, do you want a cup of coffee? Yes, dear, I do. Hey, before we get our morning started, let's run out to the grave, and I'm going to go shit and piss on my ex-wife's grave. Is that okay with you? We'll just put our coffee in a thermos. Okay, hon, I'll get the sugar and cream together. Let's go. This man seriously needs help, since we're talking about cemeteries and graveyards. My next story is a true story called Trapped in the Cemetery. When I was a teenager, I was a goth girl. I didn't think twice when I was invited to visit a graveyard with my current boyfriend. My boyfriend then loved telling creepy stories. He set the tone as we made our way well after midnight into a graveyard. Once we climbed over the low bearing fence, we ran amok, laughing and trying to freak each other out. After about 45 minutes, we started to check out several tombstones. One tombstone caught my attention and it was completely covered by ivy. As I pushed the leaves aside, my boyfriend whispered, you hear something? I replied with a no. Did you? I stood up, strained my ears. At first I didn't hear anything. Then a strange groan came out of thin air. Before I could even scream, my boyfriend took off. I was shocked. He left me there all alone. I was rooted to the spot until I saw an eerie apparition peek from behind the tree. I fell backwards, not realizing that I had landed on the grassy grave as I finally screamed. Scrambling to get up, I yelled my boyfriend's name and noticed the wind was picking up and the wind was swirling around me. As I took off, running here and there while screaming for my boyfriend, I felt like someone was right behind me. I turned to look, but no one was there. Now I was crying and freaking out more than I have ever did in my whole life. The groaning started up again. I started zigzagging through the cemetery. It felt like I was trapped in this terrifying maze. I knew I was being chased by something. The winds, they were howling. I kept hearing disembodied voices everywhere. And to make matters worse, my boyfriend was nowhere to be found. I was horrified. I couldn't find the fence, no matter where I ran. It was impossible. I could not even calm down enough to stop and try to get my bearings to find my location. At one stage, I heard laughter followed by whispering and bizarre chattering. 
I was petrified. I began to cry as I stumbled around, confused and afraid. I kept thinking I would never find my way out. I was so furious at my boyfriend, and I already knew I would definitely break up with him if I ever, ever get out of the cemetery alive. Then my flesh froze as a chilling voice whispered into my ear, Stay right there. I spun around. I saw what appeared to be a misty shape of a woman from the waist up. Her face had a twisted snarl. I didn't wait to see what would happen next. I bolted and screamed. It felt like I was running for hours. Still sobbing, my legs were so heavy and I was shaking. I finally, finally saw the fence. In a single leap, I made it over the fence, then twisted around. As a blast of frozen wind hit my face, I knew I was finally free of the cemetery. Just like the Sanderson sisters, I've got to vanish. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Don't forget to share, share, share. And remember, always be the best you because that's all you can be. As a famous philosopher once said, it's just a bunch of hocus pocus. See you guys next time on Talking Shiz. Mwahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahah